Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to Turn It Up, a brand new show featured on A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. Turn It Up is all about independent recording artists of all kinds, R&B, rap, jazz, soul, gospel, even country. But the primary reason for Turn It Up is to feature and help independent artists that take it to the next level by showcasing new music, sharing studio recording tips and tricks, to help your track stand out like the pros and industry information to help you choose the right path and keep you in the game. Every week we bring you new artists, industry insiders, and fresh new tracks that you won't be able to hear anywhere else. The truth is, if you're an independent artist trying to make it in the music biz, you need all the help you can get. So let's stop playing. Get your demos together and get ready to turn it up. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Hope you like you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com.
Welcome back to Seekers. You're listening to another edition of Turn It Up on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. We're on live today, and we're here with the Leo, but we're doing the show a little bit different today. Uh, Say hello to everybody out there, the Leo. What's going on, everybody? Hello to the world. (laughs) Yeah, we got a a different kind of show. I actually went live and did an interview on remote. Um, This young guy, um, I tell you, um, he just so impressed me. I first was introduced to him by uh, Molly Pompadif, and we've had her on the show, um, author of A Million Fireflies. And she told me about this young man that she said, Mike, you got to meet him. He's got something. And uh, I didn't know what she was talking about then, but after I had a chance to talk with him, um, I told him I needed to meet with him as soon as possible. So right. what I did is I um, we just met one day at um, Panera Bread, and we just sat down, and we just had a chat, and I pulled out the microphone, and we recorded it all. And oh. um, the reason why we have this tonight on Turn It Up is because – He's working with youth to be able to produce music. And um, what he does is he has a whole package where he helps these young people that want to be recording artists. And um, he helps them with their marketing, um, production, um, lyrics, everything. He helps them to be able to come up with a a full concept for an album and helps them to produce 100 CDs. And, um, yeah, it's all part of his... um, Young Entrepreneurs um, Society, and um, his nonprofit is called The Movement, and his name is Christopher Tiger Johnson, and um, The Movement Entrepreneur Society um, is just um, the biggest thing right now in the DMV that's reaching out to young people, and um, I just can't say enough about what they're doing. I mean, I, I don't know where a guy who's only 24 years old gets the notion to be able to, you know, put this kind of thing together. But um, we'll be back with the uh, live portion of the show right after this. But right now, we're going to go ahead and listen to a little bit of my conversation with Chris or Christopher already in progress. Welcome to Seekers. You're listening to another Man on the Street edition of A Measure of Truth on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Michael Porter. We'll jump right into it. We're here with Chris Johnson, and um, he's got a project called The Movement that's just been blowing up in the DMV, and um, we're just talking to him about um, how he got started and what this idea and the movement is all about. Welcome to A Measure of Truth, Chris. Thank you very much, Mr. Michael. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been really cool. Uh, basically, what we are is we're a nonprofit organization, and uh, you know we're based around hip hop and just kind of helping kids build cool projects while making them become men and women while they're in the program. Um, a big part of I guess what what, what started me uh, when I was uh, in high school, I uh, graduated high school with a one point three GPA, and uh, yeah, and then I actually uh, I got a, a full scholarship to go anywhere in the country. Um, just for being extremely charming and good looking, <laughs> and uh, no, I'm lying. But but honestly, my my friends' parents, I don't I don't, I don't know. I heard they won the lottery twice, um, and so they literally sat me down after high school and was like, "I'll pay for you to go anywhere." Uh-huh. And um, I don't know. So I went to school for two years and I hated it. Right. And so I was like, "Forget this. I know this is not going to you know lead me to do anything other than work a nine to five job, which I did not want to do." Um, so I'm actually, yeah, I did that in Florida, and uh, at the time I was working at a uh, gym, making $7 an hour at the front desk, and um, 
I'm sitting down and uh, my dad, I was living with my dad at the time, and uh, he put in the movie The Secret. Right. Yeah. And um, so I sit down, I'm like 18 years old, and, and my dad is like, man, you're not going to want to watch this. And um, I'm like, whatever, just put it in. I'm sitting there eating a bowl of cereal, not that it has anything to do with the story, but um, I'm eating a bowl of cereal, and I look over him after, after the movie goes off, and I'm like, wow. Like, that's some cool stuff. Right, right. And um, so after that, you know, it was what it was. I was like, I'm going to really try and put this stuff to my life. So I made a goal out to uh, make, uh, to become the general manager of the gym that I was, you know, a front desk agent at Mm -hmm. um, within three months. And so I worked my way up. I became part of sales, you know, crushed all the sales records, did all that I had to do. Three months later, I'm the general manager at the smaller gym, not the one that I was working at, the smaller gym. And I was like, man, this stuff works. Right, right. You know? <laughs> and uh, so at that point, I was in Ocala, Florida, which is like the uh, the horse capital of the world, literally. Oh, okay. So it's country. I mean, country more than you can imagine. Wow. And um, so I'm out there, and uh, I'm like, okay, I want to make $100,000 a year, but I know I'm not going to do it here. Right. And uh, so I called my dad. He actually ended up moving to Atlanta, like midway through when I was living in Florida. So I called him. I'm like, hey, man, I have no plan. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I'm not making $100,000 a year. I'm coming to moving with you in Atlanta. And he's like, okay. And um, so I pack all my stuff in my car. Uh, everything fit in my back seat. I had like, you know, 10 boxes of Jordans in the trunk, and that was about it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, from that point, I, uh, I just started driving. And I call him when I get close to Atlanta. And I'm like, man, do, uh, do you want me to meet you at the dealership, or do you want me to meet you at the house? And he's like, hey, I just have something to tell you. Um, I just quit my job. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> come on, man. Like, I need to, like, you know, figure something out. So I ended up just passing through Atlanta and coming back to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the way back, I called my old manager. And um, I was working at a restaurant when I was when I was a kid, when I high school here. And I called my old manager, and uh, he was like, hey, um, if you want to uh, if you want to come work here, you know, assistant manager, you make, like, 12 bucks an hour. But if you become a general manager, you can make up to $100,000 a year. You know, and I was like, bam, that's you know what I mean? That's it. And I was like, that's it. So let's figure out how to get there. Right, right. And um, so at that point, I come back, you know, I work 90 hours a week as an assistant manager. Three months later, I'm a general manager. Um, and this kind of where it all took a turn for me. I started making a lot of money, um, and I realized that, like, money wasn't going to make me happy at all unless I was making money doing something I love. Um, and I did not love flipping pizzas in a restaurant. So I got a promotion to the biggest store, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there, it's the first day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the first day of the rest of my life, right. no way this is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew I wanted to give back to the community somehow, right. um, and I kind of know, you know what the kids need. I mean, I like hip-hop, and that's really kind of like the driving force of my life. I mean, I think the power behind hip-hop alone is just yeah. Um, a lot of people look at it and give it, you know, a real negative connotation, but it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's awesome yeah. uh, when you really like dig deep and see what these people are really doing and what hip hop does for the culture. <laughs> you got another producer here, yeah, that, right? <laughs> and what hip hop does for the culture. Um, so yeah, I mean, so that at that point, so basically what we do, so basically what we do as an organization is uh, we work with kids and empower them through hip hop, but while we're doing that, we uh, you know, we not only empower them, you know, to put together full projects, but we help them become men and women through our workshops. So, mm-hmm. uh, what we do is we have three departments. We have a uh, recording arts department, mm-hmm. uh, creative arts department, and the art of business. Right. And uh, what we do for the recording arts department is we, uh, well, first of all, everybody has to apply. So, we have an application phase, and we'll pick ten kids per group. 
And uh, so, you know, 30 kids all together. So we'll have 10 kids in the recording arts program. And what we do is we sit down and we ask them what they want because that was kind of like a big reason why I wasn't a fan of schools because they basically tell you what you need to know as opposed to, you know, you sitting down and writing out a curriculum for yourself and saying, this is what I want to get out of my time here mm-hmm. and then building the curriculum around that. Right. Um, <clears throat> so that's pretty much what we do. We, uh, we sit down and at, at the beginning, you know, and we sit down and I hope too many kids... You know, that, that listen to this, don't get, you know, thrown off. But, you know, they come in and we're like, yo, we're going to put together this, like, really dope project for you. Mm-hmm. And then when they come in, it's more of like a schooling type situation because it's like, okay, remember that four-month goal I told you right now? Write down your four-month thesis thing. Mm-hmm. This is what it's all about. So then we take the four-month goals and they write out their own curriculum. So some kids are like, look, I want to just learn how to market myself better as an artist. Somebody else might come in and say, I want 17-track album, you know, full CD, mm-hmm. design, music videos, everything, the whole work. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where I'm not going to put it on a kid what they need to know. They're going to come in and tell me what they want to get out of the program, and we'll set a you know a four month goal. And then at the end of the four months, we'll, I mean during the four months, we'll uh, we'll sit down and make weekly goals, right. and then we'll check them off. And that kind of like shows kids what it's all about. I mean, have you ever read The Slight Edge before? No, no. Okay, it's about this guy named Jeff Olson. It's like a really good read. It's about doing like little simple disciplines every single day mm-hmm. that seem like they don't matter, but then in the long run. It's life changing. Like you know, somebody told me to call again. The slight edge. I think, yeah, I think someone. I didn't read the book. Okay. But I believe I was in the studio when he was being interviewed. Oh really? Yeah, I remember that. It's like now. a really like muscular white dude. With I like, don't know him. Oh uh, okay. Called in, but go oh, ahead. Oh okay, ahead. okay, <laughs> cool. No, it's okay. Um, yeah. And uh, so I read that book, and uh, basically what it's about is like, you know, if you sit down and you tell a kid to read 12 books a year, he's not going to do it. Right. But if you sit down and tell a kid to read 10 pages of a book a day, he's going to do that. Right. But if you think about it, 10 pages a day is about 300 pages a month, which is about a book a month, which is 12 books a year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's right. what it's all about. It's like showing them exactly how to break down small little goals and then showing them how if you do that and you stay disciplined every single day, at the end of the four months, the, the whole goal is going to be met. Right. Um, the creative art department, everything is pretty similar. We sit down, but that's for photographers, videographers, um, you know, logo designers, web designers, anything in the creative field, which is kind of broad. Um, but what we do is we put together full portfolios for them, um, you know, so they can either go apply for work or for school um, or even start their own business, which is what I hope. Um, you know, but once again, they can do what they want. I'm not going to push anything on them. Um, and then for the art of business, we have, uh, like, talent managers, um, you know, kids that want to get into public relations. Uh, you know all that all that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. relates party promoters that relate to the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and uh, we'll sit down with them and so what we do is we have them all kind of like synergized together I don't even know if that's a word <laughs> and, uh, and basically what we do is just you know we have them all work in sync and um, <laughs> check it on Wiki it'll be there next week there you go right <laughs> and uh, and basically what we do is uh, have them all, you know, work together, and we have the the party promoters promote the parties and kind of mm-hmm. creative direct the albums. While the creative arts department shoots the videos, mm-hmm. um, you know, designs the album covers, does all the creative side of things, and then obviously, you know, the musicians will make the actual music. Now, um, how did you yeah. get all these people together that were helping these young people to be able to 
um, finish these projects and build these timelines and meet these goals and, you know. Well, we, you, you mean like how do, you, how do we get them all to kind of come together? Yeah, what did you find these, the professional end of um, these people who are helping these young folks? Oh, I mean, I've been like really plugged into like the, just the party scene and the, like the whole hip hop area since I'm, you know, since I was born in this area. <laughs> and uh, so it's like literally me and a bunch of my boys that run it. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. You know what I mean? Okay. It's, it's literally me and like my good friends since forever mm-hmm. that are all plugged in the hip hop community. Uh, the recording arts director, mm-hmm. his name is Henny. Um, he has like a really huge like YouTube buzz. Um, and he's like, you know, he's just a really good artist, but also just like a really good dude um, to kind of teach the kids. And uh, so he'll, he'll really sit down with them. So I'm more so like just planning everything. And then, you know, the program directors will actually like take control and like work with the kids um, because he knows and obviously he's a rapper. And so, you know, and a rapper that's, you know, open for Wiz Khalifa, Big Sean, Mac Miller, like all like, you know, the, the pretty big names that are out right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so the kids have been to his concerts before. Right. So now they're coming in and like, you know, he's mentoring them. It's completely different than if it's some, you know, average Joe on the side of the street. Like, hey, I'm putting together this cool community project. It's so much bigger than that. Right. You know what I mean? Because we have people that these kids already looked up to prior to getting into the program. It makes it a lot more, I don't know, it's sort of a lot more, a lot harder to get in just because, like, we have so many applicants that want to get in. Yeah. Um, because of the, you know, who we have running the program. Mm-hmm. And uh, we run it out of uh, the studio. He actually uh, is the owner of Indie Media Lab, which is a studio. Okay. And we run it out of his studio. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's just a good guy to have. Um, but other than that, I mean, the, the coolest thing about it is, like, how else do you do you have an opportunity to mentor an 18-year-old rapper? They have them, Their egos are the size of this planet. You know what I mean? Which is cool, and you need that to be in that industry. But they're not going to listen to anybody because they don't think that anybody is sincerely, you know, caring about them because, you know, with the... the I guess the stereotypes that society puts on them, right. especially on young rappers and exactly how they think they would be. In the, um, in yeah. the music industry itself, the AR game has changed up as well. You know, they no longer develop artists anymore. So, exactly. you know, they're, they're really looking for someone to walk through the door that has a complete package and is ready to go, and they want to, you know, exploit that. That's right. pretty much where things are now. Right. So this is interesting because it's a, it's a take on this old school style of A&R, but instead of just taking an artist and uh, demanding from them, looking at what their dream is, and then fulfilling that through showing them a process to achieve it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, and that's what it's all about. It's, uh, you know, these kids, they, I mean, a lot of them, like, if you really had the opportunity to sit down and listen to how creative they are, it's mm-hmm. insane. Really? Um, wow. We got this one kid in the program, his name is Gold Link James. Mm-hmm. His name is DeAndre, but that's like his alias he goes by. And uh, he's like, I mean, all around just a really good dude, but uh, on top of that, he came up with this project. And um, every single song, there's 21 songs on his mixtape. Mm-hmm. And uh, every single song is a different uh, TV show. So he has, like, somebody narrating, like, you know, in between, like, the TV shows. But instead of it making, like, one long movie, he'll have a bunch of different TV shows that kind of coincide. It's, I mean, it's, it's really crazy. Wow. Like, and, I mean, he's 18 years old and came up with this concept on his own. Wow. Um, and he's really talented. Uh, we have this guy, uh, Bryant, his name is Rezzy J, that's uh, in the program, and he's, I mean, he just came up with a song that is awesome. Me and my boys have been listening to it. <laughs> uh, we got this kid named X in the program, he's, he's cool, man. He, uh, 
He's like completely out there and he acts like he's like 40 years old, but he's 18. Like he's really, really mature. Uh, but when it comes to like music, I mean, he's cool. He's really marketable. Uh, we have a, another guy named Aiden that's in the program. His name is Cookie Huxtable. Um, and he goes with like this really old school style, which is awesome. Um, because I feel like, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you like really sit down and listen to in your car. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we got a kid, Hannibal. Um, which is just, I mean, this guy, like, you know, his melodies and everything he comes up with, mm -hmm. uh, he's, he's really like a genius when he gets into the booth. So, wow. yeah, it's, it's nuts. Um, then for our uh, our business, like our pilot program we have going on right now for the business program, we got Derek. Uh, he's like a young, really, really hungry guy, and I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a millionaire before me. Really? You know, I mean, this wow. guy is awesome. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. So in the in this mix of what you guys are doing, is there a record company or a label as well attached to what you guys are doing, or are you still allowing these folks to do what they do, market themselves, and stay independent, or what's the goal for long run? What we have set up is uh, we have the Movement Entrepreneur Society, which is a nonprofit organization, and then we have the Movement LLC. Um, now that's going to actually become into a talent management company, mm -hmm. and so these kids, when they, you know, when they get done with the program, they have the option, and then they're not forced, and they know they don't owe me anything when they get out of the program, and that is like the main thing that I tell them when they come in. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what happens, you don't owe me anything. Right. You know, um, but at the end of it, if you know they do want to keep working with us, and we feel like it would, you know, make sense for us to keep working with them after that, because we mm -hmm. would be putting our own money into it. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have uh, the Moving LLC where we'll kind of just work with them and really kind of manage them and get them shows and you know do all that Thank on the back end. Yep. Great, great, yeah. And that's interesting because that's something that um, I read an article about last year, how a lot of nonprofits were finding a for-profit side as well. Yep in order to sustain themselves because it was needed. Right. Because, you know, with the funds drying up in the, in the economy, a lot of people were finding that they were not getting uh, the same resources they had in past years. Right. What they had to do was find another way to survive or either that, you know, pack up shop. Right. So that's amazing. I mean, you're 24 years old. You've been doing this for how long? About, uh, well, grinding on it for like three years. So really getting it in yeah. about, uh, like a year. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. So, um, you are talking about growing, um, everything is working out of that studio now, mm -hmm. and that's the movement as well as, um, it's just the Movement Entrepreneur Society. It's just the movement. Okay. Yeah. Great. The Movement Entrepreneur Society and then Indie Media Lab, which, you know, he owns. So he has his own clients coming as well. Oh, yeah. Great. You right. Know? Exactly. Oh. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's really cool. We're actually looking to expand right now. Um, something that we've set up is uh, a really self-sustainable organization. Um, not saying that we don't need funding because <laughs> God knows we do. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, you know, we, we, we take these kids and we have them promote alcohol and drug-free teen parties. Yeah. Um, and then that's where we make the bulk of our money. Okay. And then that's how everything is paid, you know, all the operating costs, everything that it takes to run a nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. um, and we throw these out on drug free teen parties. Uh, I remember the first time we did it, we had, um, I think it was 1,300 kids show up. And uh, the club owner, you know, he kind of looked at me like, dude, this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work. I'm like, dude, just give me a chance, see what happens. Right. And then 1,300 showed up, and I kind of looked at him like, did it work? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, Right, and um, how many ahead for that? Um, that party was ten dollars. Really? Yeah, That's ten dollars per person. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, but obviously you have to pay the club, and you have to yeah, pay, yeah. I mean, you're not leaving with everything, but um, 
it is, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, but now we're actually looking to expand, and we, we haven't asked anybody for a dollar yet. We haven't applied for a grant, haven't reached out to anybody. Um, you know, we haven't asked anybody for a dollar. Everything that we've done, we've done it on our own. Um, and it's to the point where, you know, we, we drastically need to get some help just because, you know, that's what it's all about. I mean, being in a nonprofit field and seeing, like, I mean, if somebody comes by the studio and really sees the positive change that we, like, we're making in these kids' lives, anybody with enough money would, I mean, would just gladly go to us and they yeah. can really come by and yeah. that, you know? Now, have you explored some of the options that are available out there for nonprofits and artists like yourselves? Um, to help to expand by networking, and I mentioned to you just earlier, um, for instance, LinkedIn, uh, to find um, affiliations out there with people who are, uh, are doing something like what you're doing, but you guys can share the same resources. And um, you have a way to uh, raise funds that's very unique as well. But um, is there a way that people can give on your website, for instance, through a PayPal account or um, a donation bucket or something like that to sign your webpage? Yeah, we uh, well, we do that just because you know people can give. Uh, we have it set up right now to where you give and you get. Uh, so we're selling T-shirts online for right now. Um, if you go to tmesinc.org um, or the movementllc.com, they're both the same website. It goes, you know, straight to, to the uh, website. But if you click on the store, we have T-shirts on the store. Um, yeah, and we're, you know, we're ready to go. We're actually almost out. We bought like 300 T-shirts, and we're almost done. Wow. Yeah. Now, what about um, producing any video content about what you guys are doing? I mean, I saw the video that you made initially to introduce yourself um, to your company. Yeah. Um, amazing. I, I love that kind of stuff. I can see the energy in that. It was very well edited. Um, the story and everything was just, you know, it was just spot on, everything about it. Now, um, it seems to me that making small videos, too, about what you guys are doing there um, when you're actually helping these kids, too, would be a big deal. And um, have you thought about even producing maybe a show that, uh, that shows the work that you do with some of these amazing personalities you were describing with these young people and yeah. putting it on like maybe TV or something like that? Yeah. Um, actually, what we're uh, what we're doing, it's funny you say that, and by the time this comes out, the video will already be shot so I can say this. <laughs> so basically what we're going to do is I'm going to walk in and uh, I'm going to show up 10 minutes late and I always give them a hard time if they're late so they're going to give me a really hard time when I show up late. Uh, and so I'm going to show up 10 minutes late and my boy's going to follow me in with a camera, the same guy that shot my last video. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, nobody's allowed to say what, the, you know, what, what happens when they come out of the room, but I'm going to make them all go into the room one-on-one, one-by-one, um, and tell them what you know the Movement Entrepreneur Society has done for them thus far, because mm-hmm. um, I don't want them to have stage answers. You know, stage right. answers. Okay. Um, so it's going to be, I, mean, I think it's going to be really cool, because it's going to be really organic in the sense that it's going to be like, go in there, I'm not going to tell you what the guy's going to ask you, just go in there, he's going to ask you a question. And I think that that's going to be so organic, mm-hmm. and that people will really be able to see, you know, what we've done for the kids that, yeah. you know, I mean, they can tell you the story if they want, it's not my business to share, but, mm-hmm. you know, when you hear their stories, and then you hear, you know, what where they've come from. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I guess the next step for you, too, is to um, branch out and do this without it being in one set location. So how do you duplicate yourself? More program directors. <laughs> That's it. You know, I mean, we're going to go out to, uh, we're going to have Virginia, and then we actually are 90% going to be heading out to Connecticut. Uh, we had somebody offer some funds out there. That's just going to be stretching myself extremely thin, yeah. doing a half a week there, half right. a week uh, you know, here. 
And uh, but I think it'll be worth it. I mean, honestly, it's one of those things that once you really like have the opportunity and like work with these kids, it's like anywhere that I can be, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> you know oh, yeah, what I mean? It's yeah, like, yo, yeah, if I can make it happen, let's make it happen because I know what's gonna happen. Every city that we get in. So, I mean, we're looking to do that. I mean, honestly, we're looking to get into DC. It's kind of like my main thing right now. I mean, we're in Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, being Connecticut, but I'm looking to get into DC, like more in the Georgia Avenue area. Because, you know, those kids, I mean, there's so much talent out there, mm-hmm. and they could really use some mentoring out there, too. And not that I'm going to go in there and blast them with all kind of life skills, but it's just going to be really organic mentoring that's going to benefit them in their lives, you know? Right, right. And that's awesome stuff, man. I mean, I am big on, you know, whoever's, you know, recognize the fact that our young people are our future. Right. We need to reach out to them. We need to help them to transition because there's so many obstacles out there and paths that they could take that would lead them to, uh, you know, destruction for the most part. And, and that's what's happening a lot with our young people. They're just making a bad decision and it follows the next and the next thing you know they're in prison or they're dead or right. going out on drugs. And the, it all starts with them just being in a place where they want um, some guidance and, you know, finding boredom and just from that, just finding trouble behind it. Right. So, you know, right. I think you are, you're impacting a lot of lives because you're, you're helping young people to not have to transition through that, first of all. But it's in such a way that you, you give them the power of focus right. and help them to understand that if they plan and if they have a focused goal and a dream about something, they can always change it. Right. And that's just amazing stuff. Thank you. I'm, I'm actually going to take that clip right there once you post this and just use it all the time. <laughs> that was, I could have said it better. <laughs> that's it, man. You're going to do every CBS video for the rest of your life, man. Sorry. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I really, you know, as soon as I saw the video, man, I was just, like, so geeked. I saw it three times, by the way. Nice. I showed it to my wife, and I just like, man, this is crazy. I can't believe this guy is doing this, and he's 24. Right. You know, and, and that's what I'm trying to get at. So what is it that happened to you? that not only made you want to change your life around, I mean, it couldn't just in the video, because you had to be at a point in your life where you saw some things for yourself you didn't like, right. you wanted to change, but that thing showed you that's a good change, right. and this is the way to go about it, so yeah. tell us about what we, where you were before you became this awesome kid, this awesome guy, reaching out, touching the masses, making a better place. Um, if you look at me today, I'm the exact opposite <laughs> of what I was that day. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, typical, I didn't care, you know, smoked, drank, you know, did all that crazy stuff. Right, right. Um, you know, I really didn't care about life, you know, at all. I mean, I was literally here, like, to party, and that was it. Yeah. Um, I cared a lot about females. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, and then I, I saw that, and I think that's, like, a big thing that I always promote, too, is that... Once you want something, start it that day and figure the rest out. You know what I mean? I mean, right. we, we probably started the movement a year too soon. Uh-huh. Realistically, financially, we definitely did. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it was one of those things where it's like, yo, we're still, you know, we're still going to get it done somehow, some way. And it might not work out the way we think it's going to work out, but it's going to work out. And I always tell people that you, you, you start something and then you use your small successes to leverage success. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's basically what it was. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, I set the goal to do, you know, I watch a movie, set the goal to become the general manager. I was like, this works. Set a goal to make 100 grand. I didn't make 100 grand, but I made close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, man, this stuff works. So from that point on, it's just like little, yeah, little right. successes will... <laughs> Go ahead, and everybody listening. I dropped the mic. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it called? So just use little successes to, to leverage success. Uh, my dad actually like really was huge on that. 
But I mean, just success in general. I mean, it's it's one of those things where in in that family, in our family, it's like you're either going to be successful or, you know, that's it. It's your only option. Right, exactly. So, and not, not the, uh, you know, the cookie-cutter way either. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was a school bus driver. She still, well, she kind of still is. She works in the office now. But, you know, and the fact that I'm doing something entrepreneurial, you know, and don't work a day job and don't do all this, and, you know, like, I pay my own paycheck. Right. It freaks her out every yeah. single every every single time. She just you know I could be making a million dollars a year. She'd still be worried for some reason. You know? right. <laughs> she right. just wants me to have a nine to five job and just yeah, do that. Yeah. And you know it's not always about that. I mean, a lot of us have dreams and we have to support our dreams with a nine to five. But the primary focus is to make that transition. Right. You know, and you have to be stuck on that as well. Right. Um, you still have to do the job that you are doing the best that you can. But you, you got to save some for yourself and make sure that you're putting uh, as much effort into your own, right. you know, job and your own career that you created for yourself than right. you do for anyone else. Right. And some people can't make that transition. Right. And it's a shame, and it's, it's something that they're stuck in their mind to think that they have to um, earn from someone else. Right. Yeah. Right. But ideas are the most powerful thing that's out there, yeah. and, it's, and they're um, they're worth an endless amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, so really we have to focus on that more than anything else. Right. I mean, I've seen so many people. I mean, you never take that leap. Um, I think a lot of people don't take it because they're scared. But I mean, like, you got, you know who Bob Proctor is? He's like a, a motivational speaker. Probably heard of him. Okay. Let me just tell you something yeah. about me. When I was a very young guy, about uh-huh. your age, uh-huh. I mean, I read the Augmentino and Things yeah. Grow Rich and all yeah, yeah. of that different stuff. Yeah. I absorbed all of that yeah. stuff. I was into it for a while. You know what? Everybody's saying the same thing for the most part. Exactly. And once you get it, you kind of let it go. Exactly. And what this industry has taught me is I absorb a lot of information that I have to dump later. Right. A lot of it does stick, but it depends. You know what I mean? Now, if I need that stuff, I go back to it. But if I don't, I'm just, you know, I'm focused on what I'm doing. I'll tell you this. I started with XM Radio, and what happened was that they got rid of my channel when they merged with um, Sirius. Right. So that forced me to create my own show. Right. That also forced me to promote myself as well. And then, on taking on that responsibility, it taught me so much more that I hadn't learned at right. XM. So these things are and more about managing people, too, and managing celebrities and personalities and all of that stuff. All of that came by me actually doing right. and learning from this, this whole transition. Right. And it's been the best experience I've ever had in my life. Right. But this is what I've always done. Right. Um, <laughs> when, when I was um, modeling and acting, um, I wanted to go to Europe. I made my own way. I pushed myself in the direction. And um, I sort of made things happen so much so I have to write a book about it. Things happened to me that were miracles, that were blessings from God that were just unbelievable how he decided to take a hold of my life and show me things over and over and over again. Because I asked for it. Right. I asked for wisdom from God every day. And because of that, that's what he grants me. and helps me to see things the way other people can. Right. So, you know, I just use that to my benefit. And, uh, you know, and I understand... See, when I see somebody else who's got it and it's working for him, I get it right away. I see it. Right. And that's the first thing I saw when I saw your video. This kid is finding something. He's got something working for him. He's got a connection. And uh, he's going to be successful. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no way with you doing what you're doing that you cannot be successful. And, uh, and success brings a lot of fame and fortune. But if you can stay grounded in the thing that you do and have a passion for the thing and not anything else, not the fame, the fortune, or the money, 
that is what will keep you safely right. in success. Right. Yeah. So that, that's yeah. the important thing. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's I don't know. No, but that was deep, man. <laughs> um, that was deep. Yeah. But I mean, it's like one of those things that like you were telling me. It's uh, like people that don't make that jump. It's uh, it's like the, the guy Bob Proctor. He was like, look, I know there's people on the street that the people are homeless. He's like, but do you think you'll ever be homeless? The average person won't. They'll end up moving in with their family, or you know, especially in this you know middle class to upper middle class rich area. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really gonna leave you stranded. You have enough mm-hmm. friends and family that if you really bit the dust that bad, you'd be all right. Eating for two days, not eating for two days. Who hasn't done that? You know yeah, what I mean? Right, right. I mean, it's like, come on, like just just make the jump.
money that you think I'm stealing. How about the J? How about the Bentley? Bentley. Look around like, boy, I got so many. Tell me, tell me, tell me what a party. I'm trying to get my dance on. I'm a golden girl. Trying to get my pants on. Looking in the mirror. Head to the toe. Always looking like I'm putting on the show. My hair, hair, pretty, pretty, wow, wow. Yeah, let it, let it make that smooth transition. Right. Want to be too abrupt. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good, man. Well, we, you know, we're looking forward to hearing this, man. And um, oh, yeah. yeah, and we, we're definitely looking forward to getting a lot more gospel artists on as well. And that's something we're going to work on for the summer. And um, got some connections. I just need to bend their ear a little bit and uh, hopefully get them on as well. And okay. um, yeah, we, we got a, a special show coming up on Monday, and um, we'll we'll see how that all pans out. But we definitely um, want to stay focused on on our the music and um, the the lighter side of life. There's a lot of rough stuff going on out there, some heaviness going on. And since this oh, is yeah. a blog show that will be aired over and over again, I'm not going to go into it too deep. But um, there's a Monday show that will you know get into some of these issues that are going on in the news today at a, at a better um, format for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we're going to listen to a little bit more music now. We're going to just um, hear something just a little, little heavy, a little political. Um, I'm going to drop um, 911. Well, 911 by Marnie Williams. I don't think you've heard oh, this okay. one yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um Marnie now is going by Nia, um, spoken word artist. And every now and then, man, she just, wow. Uh, she kicks it strong. A former Philadelphia district attorney gave it all up to pursue her passion and her dreams. That's right. I'm a bird. 911 emergency wake up call. I awake, 245 wide awake to write this piece and I write. 911 emergency wake up call calamity got the best of me why can't we see emergency my spirit stirs inside of me won't let me be Lauren's words stir me her guitar she sings the song emergency calamity hypocrisy spiritually adultery we're guilty why can't we see suffering for eternity if our sins we don't set them free it's only three 911 emergency calamity destroying the best of me until I see the hypocrisy constantly. He's reigning on his territory, y'all. Attempts at destroying God's glory. Conflict of history. Prophecy battling my body. Constantly won't let me be. It's almost three. In time we be because of the history of sin destroying eternity from the beginning. Eternal battling of offspring. This is the outworking of the sin in me. God's fighting the evil one through me. I'm his offspring and you. Time set in place just to do this very thing. 911 emergency calamity. Which side if you please? Do you want to be almost 315? Which side if you please? Will you be choosing a verdict? The seed of a woman will bruise the heel. Prophecy. God thinking. Speaking of what will be. Speaking time into place. Time into place. We're caught in time. In this place, caught in time, don't let your mind erase. This is time, get my rhyme. Time created for the battle because of sin. Think of its origin. Time is a thing that God had to bring, only a course in his ring of eternity. 911 emergency, calamity, we're in the middle. Why can't we see? No hierarchy is what we need to care for the needy. Why can't we see that selfishly it's not what to be? Lying, destroying, prying, idolatry, adultery, killing, bribing, all the working of this territory and time. Stop, repent, what are your thoughts? Repent, what's in your heart? Repent, don't lie to yourself. Repent, we all need to repent. 911 emergency calamity. Start studying the Magi saying, prophecy is what that be. Peace won't be, peace we won't see. I said, peace won't be in this territory of time. It's ending, it's ending this time. 
911, emergency, calamity in society of debauchery, loathingly is what we be. Check the prophecy and you will see. Be holy, be holy to the degree of doing it righteously, walking straight. You will be understanding. Going on 3:30, repent, radically changing your life that be to holy, praying regularly, fanatically, lovingly. 911, emergency, wake up call, calamity. We should be purposely preparing for battle. Deny your body, the flesh that be. Don't listen to society carnally, wrongfully. It's the enemy of the truth. Let the truth be told. The history of society is a mystery to the majority. Wasteland, Satan has wasted the land. We must take a stand. No peace to release. We're in battle. Press release. We're in battle. Time is short. 911, emergency, wake up call, calamity in this society. Why can't we see? Wow, man. <laughs> I can't help but get riled up every time I hear her, man. Uh, it's some power in her voice, man. It's just unbelievable. And she only speaks the truth, man. She goes right to the root. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Nia, Nia. As a matter of fact, we're going to hear from her probably next week, and uh, we'll have her back on again real soon as well. Um, you know, she had an interesting beginning and a great story. And, um, Always a powerful word from her whenever we have her on, you know. And, um, you know, one of the tracks I want to play, and, um, you know, this man is away in L.A. He went there for the winter, but um, he is um, a street musician that um, totally just blew us away. I remember the first time we had him on, and... um, (laughs) Has a has a voice like Michael McDonald, um, Stephen Long, and um, with an anthem for all independent artists out there. And I'm gonna play this track the way I did the first time around too, with um, starting it off with just um, some of the acapella version of this. And um, all you struggling artists out there that doesn't, you know, if you guys don't have someone who believes in you, who's standing by you right now, this song is for you. Believe by Stephen Long.
show is just what the realest do. Openly spoken, free emotions of weak, provoking the seat. Who grew from me to you, and now it's so critical. Admit it, boo. The love I have for you was so critical, and still it's true. Do what I gotta do just to build with you. Very seldom leave me feeling feelings if you was killing me. She don't believe in my vision. What the deal with you? Stephen Long. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Man. Love that music, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to close the show out with something, um, one of your buddies, um, with uh, a track from SNRG, one of my favorites, Soulfly. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and we've got some other music coming up real soon. Tell us a little bit, too, man. You you met SNRG and Ramen Noodles the same night, man. And uh, we're going to have Ramen Noodles coming up. Tell us a little bit about their music and their style. Man, it's crazy, man. Meeting both of them the same night, is, that, that was awesome. But um, Ramen Noodles, man, they just like uh, SNRG, man, like they just kept hitting me with more and more stuff and like it, I, it never really got a chance to register any of them because there were so many new type things you know like it'd be different if they had one song that wasn't as tight as the last so I can sit and be like oh man but that last song was tight but it's like whoa this is tight but and this is tight and it, it just it was crazy man they cover all places <laughs> they're very eclectic just like SNRG mm-hmm. um, they, they, they do all kind of tracks and the thing I like about them too is um, they're kind of they're conscious with it too. They're on that yeah, conscious. Yeah, too. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Special thanks to you, Leo, for bringing um, these guys on board, and uh, we're going to close out the show with them. And special thanks to our producer, Donna yeah. Hardiman. <laughs> yeah, I'm Michael Fordham. You've been listening to Turn It Up on the Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. And watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what belongs to you.
Telling me that I read it, bro. 